When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? Start tried something new there. Not sure if it worked or not. You let me know in the comments. If you are watching live, thank you for dropping in. If you're not watching live, Head over to YouTube, hit the like, the bell, subscribe button. Make sure you are watching the pair of us and the Dynasty duo when they do go live too. It's Thursday. We're a bit late because it's my mother's birthday. So shout out to Mama Stocks. Happy something birthday. Rude if I tell you that. I think that's how it goes. Although these days I'm not sure if you're allowed to keep that sort of information secret in the free world of information. 21. 21st birthday, yeah. Well, that's what she did tell Hunter. So that, uh, yeah, let's say happy 21st, Mama (laughs) Mitch. Big man, how are you? I'm all good. I'm all good. Another week in the books, heading for a long weekend. Um, and I'm taking Tuesday off too. So I'm taking a four-day weekend because I'm a baller. And why wouldn't you? Um, exactly. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, man. Uh, all all good. Health-wise, it's still trending okay. Um, doing the physio, doing the fitness training, doing the cardio, doing the running now. Couch to 5K. Woof into week into week two so yeah all good um and then yeah uh listener leagues are all i think drafts done just got the patreon league going and the champion of champions leagues and then i've got a few few drafts left to do but yeah we're near the end of draft season now and uh, this is sort of the biggest two weeks of drafting of the year and i kind of feel like a senior at this point of the season uh, like i'm ready to check out oh uh, mate i'm done before it started i i got to this point a couple of other leagues popped up one being the patron league shout out to the patrons for having me for the first time and i've suddenly found myself in six redraft leagues at once and i absolutely bleeping hate it 
it is horrendous. It's just too much going on for me to actually enjoy them. Does that make sense? Like, it's just. I was, I was in 18 a month ago in one time. Nah, so, I'm, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It felt like a fun idea, and it's actually yeah. trash. It is trash. So if, if you think I've drafted a bad team, it could well be because I have everybody. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> there's too many drafts going on at once. And the good thing about the patron league is it is a flex frenzy, right? So it's yeah. it's harder to to get wrong in quote air quotes because people can fill in whenever I need them to position. Well, to give you an idea, in the in the Patreon league, so as you say, it's super flex fe- uh, flex frenzy. We are into round ten, nine, end of round nine. My team consists of three quarterbacks and six wide receivers. <laughs> mine, mine is mine I've got is no slightly... running, got no running backs, no tight ends. Why would you have them? No need for them. So yeah, it's there's custom scoring. There's a reason why uh, I've gone wide receivers. At some point, I might pivot, but I'll read your team in that because I don't think your team's that bad. Actually, I quite like your team. Um, you went Jamar Chase, Kirk Cousins, Saquon Barkley, Matt Stafford, Jonathan Taylor in the fifth round. Steal. Um, TJ Hawkinson, Aaron Jones, Damian Pierce, and Desmond Ritter. Uh, you've just taken Desmond Ritter, to be fair, and there's not many quarterbacks <laughs> left for your third. So No, because it. It, it was super flex, and I had a look at quarterback, and Desmond, it was pretty much Desmond Ritter or no one, and I thought... I think, yeah, Baker Mayfield. Oh, no, but even Baker Mayfield went before him. So, yeah, yeah literally, I, the, the QBs left on the board, Trey Lance... Will Levis, Carl Trask. So, yeah, he was the last, or Colt McCoy. So, literally the last starting QB, although you could have Colt McCoy for a couple of weeks, but that doesn't get you through your buys, which are week 13. And, no, we yeah, had week 13 and week 10. So, yeah, good move to pick up Ritter. Well, I had uh, to. I had yeah. To. <laughs> My team in that, I start very different. Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. And then I've gone CeeDee Lamb, Chris Godwin, Debo Samuel, Kyler Murray, Deontay Johnson. It's very much a Murph on brand team. Christian Kirk. And Michael Thomas Slant Boy in the ninth round. So, um, <laughs> is, is this a best ball league, Murph? No. Okay, that's fine. I'll just. It's a I set. It's a set lineup, but yeah. So six wide receivers, three quarterbacks, no running backs, no tight ends. Fair. If I don't have to take a tight end, I'm not going to take one in the EFFC because the tight end scoring was so premium. I don't think people clocked on. I took six tight ends, so I feel like I've kind of balanced them out because I took six tight ends in one league. I'm going to take very little in another league. Yeah. I asked you the question the other day. If, if Justin Tucker was to score six points more, uh, six times more points than Patrick Mahomes over a season, which round should I take him? And you said the first. And nobody had taken a kicker until the fourth. So I punched Justin Tucker in the fourth round. And I did think to myself, should I take another kicker in five to cover Tucker's bye week? But I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to take another kicker in five. As it felt dirty in the fourth. That's fair. Um, shout out to Neil uh, Neil Elliott. His his knockout redraft league. I think there's six tiers of knockouts now, and there's the Premier League, and then there's two first divisions and four second divisions. There's there's a stupid amount of teams in it. Somehow I was in I was in League Two last year. Finished middle of the pack and got relegated to League Three. So I don't know how that happened. It's annoying, but here I am in League Three. But the team. Uh, the drafters I was with last year in League Two, it was such a good draft. We've splintered into our own redraft now. So we've got a redraft from that. And then I've also been relegated with half the league, it seems, into 
number three. So we've all been tagging each other all over the place in different leagues because we just got confused as to where we are each or not. <laughs> so you, you just get the same person tagging me on the clock. I'm like, no, Matt, it's not me. That's the other league. <laughs> and it's like, it's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Do you know what, Murph? Isn't crazy. Tell me you have opened your Manscaped package and used it. Tell me the hedge trimmers. Honestly, I feel so bad. I have not. As you can tell, the length is, is even more than it was. So I was planning to. And then uh, life gets in the way, uh, especially when you've got a four-year-old. And you know you've got a four-year-old at home. So, uh, yeah. And um, my wife is off work at the moment. So that also makes it a bit harder because you've got to fight even longer for bathroom time. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. No, hasn't happened yet. But I will. I will do it. And I'll probably do it tomorrow. And I'll be fresh for you, my friend, when I see you this weekend. Well, I'll tell you what won't get in the way of life, Murph. It won't get in the way. The beard will not get in the way of the hedge trimmer anyway, because that thing is like a lightsaber for beards. It's ridiculous. I haven't used it again since. I have used the lawnmower. I've used it on my neck at the start of the week. It's Thursday, and my five o'clock shadow comes by five past nine in the morning if I shave at nine o'clock. But, Rush Nation, if you do want to get yourself a lawnmower 4.0, a hedge trimmer, a handyman, balms or creams, head over to manscaped.com. When you check out, don't forget to add five yard into your basket for 20% off and free international shipping. Get yourself trimmed up for the end of, I think it's Ibiza's closing parties this weekend. So if you're heading out, get yourself your some draft, man's your live draft. If you're doing a live draft this weekend Even or better. next weekend, if you're but doing yeah, it next weekend, this weekend might be a bit hard to get it there in time. But next weekend, if you've got a live draft next weekend, get on the site, use the code five yard, get your 20% off and look box fresh for your live draft because do you know what <clears throat> you look in box fresh might put someone else on tilt they'll be like man he's got a good looking look good looking beer at the moment how's he that doing is... it you might distract him it might give you that edge to win you your title that's it last week we had Debo Samuel taste the rainbow with the skittles take has he got 10 <laughs> he's got seven he's still happy this week Get yourself a Manscaped and rabbit in headlights someone in your live draft with how good your beard's looking and you can only do that with Manscaped Rush Nation right. five yard in the code save 20 percent international shipping you're welcome thanks for winning your draft just another way we bring you ships with sharp beards okay it's a mailbag episode murph this one has i suppose blindsided me because i didn't have time to look at it until recently with the blindside news in the news i suppose with what's going on that felt like a, a cheeky little dig right there how many questions? I'm not even going to ask how many questions because they keep rolling in as we are literally doing this. There There's was, more. I think there was 15 or 17, but you, you've put weird spaces in that's kind of extended them. So, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 questions. So, the first question, Murph, is from Rob. I'm assuming this is our own council. He, he says he has a question for you and Stocks. So, yeah, I guess it's for me and you, Murph. So, he says, in your opinions, what is this? Is a two-part question, I think. Yes. In your opinion, what is the time in the year-round cycle of the NFL when you a find the best value in trading for fantasy? I'm assuming that's a dynasty question, right? And then b are likely to get a response or action on trades. Are those two at the same time, different times, and what would you do to make sure they could be at the same time? I have a very brutal answer to this question. So I don't know whether you want me to go first or I second. want you to go first because I like your brutal answer because I might have a similar brutal answer. I might have a slightly different brutal answer. So I, so answering the first bit, A, the best value in trading in fantasy, all of these have the same answer for me and that is it is league specific and you cannot shoehorn these answers into 
the same league year in, league out. Because if you play in a league full of like-minded people who are active, then I think the value for me is when you've seen the news after the draft or just before the draft or whenever you can find that gap that other people in your league aren't looking at the news, that's when I think the best value is. But then I think people in the league who aren't looking at the news aren't active, so it's difficult to get a response to the trades that you throw out. And unless you were in a seriously active league where everybody's looking, then you'll know from your own personal take on that league when the best time is. I can't sit here and say, Murph, the best time for your Buccaneers league is then, or it's, it's really difficult for me to say that. Mm. So, and I don't think you can ever align them unless you were in a really active league. Mm, I, I would, yeah, I tend to agree. What I would say from experience is that uh, I go with a so two part for the best time for values. Um, if you're selling dynasty picks, I think the best time to sell or the best time to sell dynasty picks is um, probably in that two week window before the draft, because that's when everybody's read up on the rookies and rookie fever starts to take over and everyone, everyone's seen the combine. Everyone's really excited about um, a particular player where it's Bijan. Like if you're holding the one Oh one this year, you could have got an absolute boatload for that pick probably seven days before the draft because everyone went Bijan crazy. So I think, for me, selling dynasty picks a week, two weeks before the draft, after the combine, in particular, once everyone's had time to digest and, and get read up. Um, buying dynasty picks, I would say, um, that lull period between the Super Bowl and free agency is a good time to buy because everyone's kind of switched off. Um, people are probably sort of feeling the disappointment of their team and maybe you can sell a veteran for a better price if it's someone that's coming off a good season. So you might get good value there. Uh, as for players, yeah, I think that one's a bit more league-specific, um, format-specific as well. But free agency is a good time. You can tend to uh, buy low and sell high in free agency uh, based on the news of certain players. If you're really smart and you understand that because a certain player's landed somewhere, the opportunity might not be as good as the reporting might say it is. So, you know, there's that opportunity there to really make some uh, some value there. And then in terms of the second part is likely to get a response to action for trades. I would say this, if you're in a league where people aren't responding to trades, your commissioner needs to put in a, uh, a trade uh, response deadline rule. So, uh, I've done this in a couple of leagues where if someone hasn't responded to a trade within seven days, then there's a penalty. Um, first one's just a warning, but then after that, it starts to get sanctions of draft picks or um, fab dollar deductions and things like that because it's just it's just not on. Like, you, you get it? People probably aren't in the football like as much as say we are, and therefore probably aren't living it twenty four seven three six five, but. At the same token, if someone's made the effort to put in an offer, I think a week is a fair timeline in the off-season to respond. In in-season, it should be a lot shorter because people should be checking more frequently. So, yeah, if you've got uh, that problem where people aren't responding and speech of commission, put a rule in with some penalties. I think that's something that needs to happen. There you go. There, that's my answer to that question. It's a good question, though, Rob. I, I do like that. It is a good question. The next question is from at that underscore UK Gator guy. 
That's a difficult act to get your tongue around in one go. And he says, with Corey Davis's retirement, what does that do for the wide receiver room in New York? Do you anticipate them making a trade to bolster or going next man up? And that's from Ryan, who is at that UK Gator guy. Do you want me to take this? Yeah, you, you go for it. If you, if I don't you think it makes. I don't think it makes absolutely any difference whatsoever to uh, the wide receiver room. You have to question the timing of the retirement. Why would you retire two weeks before the season? Why would don't you go know. through? Why would you go through all of training camp, all the? Because we all know that the fitness, the diet, the training is the worst part of this, right? So why do all of that and not get the payoff of playing? Because you're not going to play. Ultimately, but, there's a conversation that's been had at some point, or he has come to the realization that he's not going to play. And so he's thought, what do I do now? Do I go onto another team or do I just call it a day? Have I had enough? And so, yeah, Stacey's just put it in here. Maybe he was going to get cut. I think that's definitely a possibility that he was either going to get cut or he was probably going to stay on the roster and do very, very little. Either way, I don't think he was making an impact. So therefore, what do I think about a replacement for the Jets? I don't think they're going to bother. I think they'll just take a one of their UDFAs or one of their draft guys will take a spot. I think that that's literally going to be it. And I think he's basically just decided that now's time. Because, you know, you got to remember, it didn't end brilliantly for him in Tennessee. Playing time went down. He's gone to the Jets. Hasn't gone brilliantly at the Jets. I mean, without being horrible, Corey Davis is a great player, right? Had a great career and showed a lot of promise. Never quite fully delivered. He's still had a great career. You know, he's been in the league, what, five, six, seven years. You know, he's he's done well. If you think that the average NFL player cycle is about three or four years, he's done well to get to where he is. But at the end of the day, he's, he's not going to be relevant on rosters anymore. I think his agent probably was making some calls. You probably knew he was going to get cut or he wasn't going to play. They realized there wasn't really a market for him. I think he's thought, you know what? I just can't bother. Because I think if you retire at the start of the season, then that's a, I don't want to play anymore. I'm done. You don't go through all the training camp and all of the fitness and all the dietary restrictions and everything else and then quit two weeks before the end of the season. Before the season starts, you just don't. Unless you're not going to play, or you're going to get cut. So that's why I um... I don't think the Jets are going to do much. I think they'll just keep it. They got. I don't see them going into the free agency market and signing. I mean, they might sign someone to a league minimum deal, but I I don't see them really doing much that's going to make any difference. I think they've got their guys. The the saddest part about Corey Davis's retirement, Murph, it mean, now means that 75% of the original studio will have retired from the NFL. Do you know who all four of them are? Don't ruin it if you do. And who's left? And Rush Nation, if you're one of the OGs from the original audio video days back in the studio times when Murph and I used to get together to do this, Put it in the comments if you are watching right now, yeah. and I'll I'll revive. I will reveal the answer by the end of the show. I just want to know if you anybody is out there watching right now who remembers. And Murph, have a think. I don't know if you know who it is or not, but I can. I can, what the one that's still in the league? Still, you're still in the league. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I I mean I remember I remember a couple of them. Um, the one in the league. I think I I think I remember them all. Um, okay. Well, don't I ruin it. I definitely I definitely remember the two that aren't in the league anymore. Okay. So I won't say yet, unless you want yeah. to say now. 
No, 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 no. Let's uh, let's see if anyone pops into the comments. Yeah, I definitely remember the two. Uh, no, we'll give it. I tell you what, we'll answer the next question and then we'll we'll go on. Um, okay. This, so this next, one is. Go yeah, on. Do you want me? Do you want me to read it? Yeah, you read it. This one's an interesting question. I have a clear answer for this. Um, the question is from Rob, and that's at Rob underscore TLS, and he says, "How do you set an auto draft queue when you are on the turn?" For example, you need a tight end with one of your next two picks. Do you set your queue with your favorite four or five tight ends and risk taking two tight ends or set the queue with one tight end and risk not getting a tight end at all this round? I absolutely hate setting auto pick queues anyway because it's just on sleeper, it's terrible and it doesn't really work. But secondly, if you, if you are near the turn or on the turn and make one pick, you're automatically doing two. So you would take two tight ends if they were first and second in your queue. And secondly, if they're not, and you a third, say, and you leave it an auto, but don't queue up more than one or two players, you end up with just random people then by accident. Like it happened in our Epsom League the other day, Murph. I accidentally left it on overnight. And because the draft was so slow, I just hadn't checked back in. It was still on auto. And I picked, I can't remember who I picked now, but, um, oh, it was a wide receiver. Didn't want them. So I got rid of them, which makes sense because the commission did a good job there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, so for me, I just I never set an auto queue because I think I'm checking my phone so much with everything going on that I can see when I've I've got a pick. But if I did need a tight end on the turn, I definitely wouldn't be setting an auto queue because I wouldn't want to take two in the go. Yeah, uh, I have similar thing. So yeah, on sleeper, I, I think it's the worst feature on sleeper is the queue. It doesn't work as you say. Um, I it's just terrible, um, terrible all over. So um, I like this is where people hate, um, people absolutely hate uh, my fantasy league MFL. But this is where it is much more elite. Um, so you know you can do round by round queues, so this doesn't happen. And I don't understand why Sleeper have not done this, um, but they need to. They need to have this set up so that you can do round by round uh drafting um so that you don't have this problem so yeah. on on sleeper i wouldn't set a queue if i was on the turn unless i was taking yeah. the same position twice or if i knew where i was basically if i was on the pick before um so like if i was on the 101 and then the 102 it was coming back and so the 102 was picking then i'd probably do a queue um because you can but yeah i wouldn't be on a queue for that reason because you can't execute it but other apps, like I said, like um, my fantasy league and NFC, um, probably no one plays on NFC. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you can you can do round by round uh, queuing, it, which is which is much the, much better. Yeah, the round by round queuing on MFL took me quite a while to get my head round, and I think that is purely. It really baffles me how the in its essence MFL is really good, but I hate using it because it is so unuser friendly. Until you watch my 14-minute video of how to use MFL and have it set up so it's completely user-friendly. Yeah. Pitsy hits us up with the next question. Biggest fantasy bounce back? Goodness gracious, that is a very broad question. Yeah, it's really broad. I mean, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> um, for me, it's Debo Samuel. Uh, wide receiver <coughs> 38 in pre-PR last year. That's not happening again. Um, I know he missed the last uh, the last three games, or he missed three of the last four games. Um, but yeah, 
uh, Debo Samuel is going to massively smash his ADP. He's going to massively smash uh, wide receiver 38. I have him uh, in my rankings at 9 or 10 because of the fact he is going to get rushing attempts. He's in a good offense. It's a stable offense. They're going to move the ball well. He's going to be the lead in that offense. I don't see a reason he can't be a wide receiver one this season. I've got him aggressively ranked. Uh, as the patrons say, they didn't realize how high I was on Debo until they saw my ranks. Yeah, that's I, it's Debo Samuel for me. Uh, I see him jumping at least 25 spots on where he finished last year. So that's my fantasy bounce back for 2023. I like it. I like it. I've got two. I've got a selfish one. One of them is Javante Williams because I really hope his seventh round value at the minute is far exceeded when we've seen Sean Payton running backs. And then the one I had for the answer to this was Deontay Johnson. We talked about it last week yeah, in the value show. You, you you don't not score zero touchdowns two years in a row with that many receptions. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, so, yeah. he's one of mine. He was tw- uh, wide receiver 28 uh, in uh, PPR. And then I've got one more, which is Drake London, who was wide receiver 31 in PPR. Uh, I expect him to bounce back into a top uh, top 20 at least. So there's a couple for you there pick out from just had a sleeper notification come through saying the dolphins are one of the two teams who have made a trade and they are definitely looking to get it done feel the most motivated to get the deal done shall we say so uh, that's your devon akane chairs just literally hitting the floor is that if that happens so um someone crazy. told me the other day they're really excited about drafting jeff wilson and i was like yeah, good luck <laughs> to you on that one fair fair play what friend what are you related to him <laughs> Can't have ever yeah. been excited to draft Jeff Wilson in my life, but there you go. Uh, hey. you know, horses for courses. This is why we like fantasy football. Uh, Mace has said that the first time I used MFL, it took 15 minutes to figure out how to draft someone. Fair, it is a better once you know how to use it. it for me, it's a better app, it's a better uh, experience. But with um, all the money, with all the money, just make a decent app. I don't need colorful, yeah, color. just I get if you had a slightly better app that was 75% of what Sleeper is to use as an app, I agree. Then MFL would just it would annihilate everyone. Yeah, yeah, it would. I, I I do agree with that. It does need to improve its user experience. But if you're one of these fantasy degenerates like me, where you play custom leagues, uh, and also if you do, what's really good is if you're in a league which is an international league, i.e., you're the only one in your region, then it's so much better to draft it on MFL because you just don't have to stay awake for picks. Yeah. Like you see, if you're stuck on the turn on sleeper in an international draft. Guess what? You're going to have to either pay, wake up in the middle of the night to pick or you're going to have to stay up. I mean, it's really frustrating. Whereas if you are that person uh, drafting in a predominantly uh, American league, hey, guess what? I can set my auto queue round by round, set for the two rounds on the turn, pick the different players, and then I can just see what who I picked in the morning. And that's pretty much I'm in a league now where I've done that pretty much every day. So I've not made a live pick. My draft time is at zero minutes and zero seconds. Um, go me, phenomenal effort, 16 rounds in, 14 to go. Well, there you go. Rush Nation, if you are watching this live, if you could uh, share the link out and stuff, let's get some more people into the room, let's get some more questions asked, that would be fantastic. Next up, Stacy has answered the question, asked a question, and he is, who is the rookie that is low on the radar that you think would be a good late draft candidate? I'm assuming this is a redraft question, Murph. What do you think from Stacey, this one? Um, it's Michael Wilson for me of Arizona because Damn he's it. free. He's free, <laughs> completely free. So, yeah, it, it, for me, this is easy. He's the wide receiver two in Arizona. 
utilization and usage through the preseason has been really, really good. I Listen, I don't see him being a fantasy stud here. I don't see him being someone who's going to finish in the, you know, the top 24 wide receivers, but I think he's going to have flex appeal. Um, I think he's definitely going to be good enough for bye week cover. I think you're looking at someone who's going to finish somewhere between wide receiver 35 and wide receiver 50. That's kind of where maybe even wide receiver 55, which doesn't sound glamorous and it's not, but when you're thinking those late rounds, there's not many there. If you know the names that you're out there, Jalen Hyatt, um, but you know, there's so many, I mean, he could break out through there. Justin Ross is there. Um, Marvin Mims. Damn know, it, stop quite... saying names. Well, no, I'm just saying <laughs> names because I'm giving you some names you can pick up on and pick because I just took your guy. Um, but yeah, Michael Wilson for me is the guy who I'm, I'm scooping up in the last round of drafts because he's going free and no, he's not on anyone's radar. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, love that pick. He was going to be one of two. I'm going to cheat a little bit and use Mims, not because Murph just said him, but because Jerry Judy's just gone down with some sort of injury, yeah. got carted off. Massive shame. I think we now, with Tim Patrick's injury, somebody else is also injured. I think our third starting wide receiver currently is Karan Hinton. I think he's currently wide receiver three on the on, on the yeah. fit depth chart, which is when you think about how many receivers we had at the start of the season, then we drafted Mims, and now we've got Corton, Sutton, Denzel Mims, and Karan Hinton, and then some other jag. Kendall uh, Hinton. Kendall Hinton, sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, Most famous for playing when uh, Drew Locke gave everybody COVID in the quarterback <laughs> room. He came yes. out and played a half of football at quarterback for the Denver Broncos and was absolutely miserable. And everyone thought it'd be a really good idea to play him at wide receiver because you thought you'd get quarterback points. And I think he finished with like minus two points. I mean... <laughs> The, the he was not prepared for that. The kid, bless him. No, he, he really, he, he, I mean, dear headlights, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was all, it was woeful. Uh, it, it was yeah, funny but woeful. Yeah. Okay. Ryan's next up, and his question uh, at that underscore UK Gator guy again hits us up with: Who's your favorite QB two to become QB one this season? Do you want to go first? <sighs> Do you have a list of the QB twos in front of you that I can pick from? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to go off the Fantasy Pros ECR consensus, right? Stay on brand. So yeah, uh, well they pay they pay the wages, so um, <laughs> they keep the lights on here at Murph Towers. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, uh, Anthony Richardson, Aaron Rodgers. Um, oh, Jamal Adams has been activated from the pup. There you go, Seahawks fans fly high. I know Mace is watching, so you'll love that news. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, uh, Matthew Stafford, Jordan Love. I'm not going past Kenny Pickett. I'm sorry. I don't care about the rest after that. <laughs> That's rude. None of them are. Well, I mean, Kyler Murray maybe, but he's, it depends on how many games he misses. You could have stopped at the first one for me. I think Kirk's top 12 this season. Easy peasy with the way they're going to throw the ball about. Uh, you know, way, way to reach there. You've gone for the QB 13. Oh, he's going to break into the top 12. Jump that one <laughs> spot. Break that glass no, ceiling, no. Kirk. You could do it. Revolutionary. Jump that one spot above expected. Listen, yeah, you can pipe down, Sonny. He said your favourite QB 2. And considering I seem to have drafted all of the Kirk Cousins that ever was in any of my leagues, I'm really hoping. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I'm going to be... Somebody's going to go a little bit. I'm going to be really wild here, and I'm going to go Jordan Love. It's a toss-up for me between Russell Wilson and uh, Jordan Love. 
I think Russell Wilson's going to run it close. In fact, I actually in my ranks have Russell Wilson above Jordan Love. Um, but I'm going to be know. slightly contrarian because we don't know what Jordan Love is. We just don't know. He could be this guy who absolutely smashes it out of the park. This Don't forget, he was a first-round pick. They've kept him around three years, and they've traded Aaron Rodgers and given him the keys. They didn't bring anyone else in to compete for the spot. This isn't like what happened. Tom Brady retired. You got Kyle Trask underneath, and they brought in another veteran. That veteran's beating him out. Um, same thing with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. They brought a veteran in. All right, Brock Purdy's won that job. But effectively, you know, they bought in competition for the role. They didn't do that here. So there is a loss of faith here in what Jordan Love can do. They And this organization, this coaching staff drafted Jordan Love. There's a lot of investment in him. They've kept him on the payroll for three years and not played him that much, which makes me think there's got to be, everyone's down on, on Jordan Love. We don't know what he is. So I think I'm going to go with the lottery pick and go with the guy we don't know about and think there's a chance that he can just be brilliant and be a top 12 QB. Like, similar progression to sort of Hurts, and no one saw that coming. Um, but if you want to go with the more traditional pick, I think Russell Wilson is is a good shout to go there in a Sean Payton offense. He's certainly not going to be anywhere near as bad as last season, but let's go with, with Jordan Love. Okay, I like that. I like the process you went through there to prove that he's the next Aaron Rodgers after Brett Favre. It was, it was well done. That was right, wasn't it? Rogers took yeah. over from Favre. Yeah, there we go. Right. This question confuses me. I would like to know both yours and Stocks' top picks. That's all there um, is. There's no name no, sent no, in from the ether. No, no, no. It's um, it's Pitsy's question because it's got it's the following question as well was linked to that. Ah, so it's a two-parter. Yeah. So is this two questions or? I think it's two questions. But I think it, I think what he's saying is actually the second question kind of supersedes the first. So he's like, who are your top picks? And then if you had the opportunity to take your team first before everyone else drafted, who would you take or at least one in each position? So basically, who's our top player at each position if we had the first pick in every round? In every round or just the in first a, five in a, picks? In a, in, a, in a free draft board. So like if we were filling our roster with one QB, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, Kelsey, uh, one kicker, <laughs> one DST. He put Kelsey in there. So like, he didn't even put tight end. He just put he wide put receiver, end, Kelsey. Kelsey I just deleted tight end. Um, but yeah, because I don't think there's any debate. We would both take Kelsey, right? So, so Pitsy is Pitsy. If you're watching, jump into the comments and com- figure this. Con- yeah, because come so I'm on, figuring it's the best best player at each position. If we had the first pick at each position. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh my goodness gracious. How do you want to do this? Do you want to just reel off your five and my five or I think no, I think quarterback. So you go first at quarterback, I'll go first at running back, you go first at wide receiver. We'll nullify tight ends and both just agree it's Kelsey because there's no point. So I'll go first to kicker, you go first to DST. <laughs> Excellent news. Okay. Oh, quarterback. I'm going to take Lamar. I reckon Lamar's going to be the best Love quarterback that. this year. Love it. Uh, yeah, I don't have a. I, I, I would go Josh Allen, but I'm very, very happy that you went um, Lamar and not Patrick Mahomes. I love that. Yeah. I, I have I have Lamar Jackson at three, but yeah, I have no problem with that one because I think he could easily finish at the one. But I've gone Josh Allen just because he's been there and done it and I can't see any drop off. Uh, okay. Running back for me, um, it would depend on the format. PPR, I'm taking Austin Eckler. Standard, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. If it's 0.5, it's really close. I'd probably toss a coin. Um, and that coin would probably, if I had to make a strong decision, I'd go Eckler on the health. Just think he's more likely to play a season with his usage uh, all the way through than, um, than McCaffrey. But I think it's close in half point. But PPR, Eckler, standard, McCaffrey. Yeah, that's where I'd be. All right. I'm going to swerve slightly, and I'm going to go with another off-the-wall pick. I'm going to say Saquon ends up as running back one this season because I think after all the running back drama of money this season, Saquon's on a one-year deal. He's going to want to have the biggest year anybody has ever had to say, look, I can still play football, come pay me. And I think between Lamar throwing the ball 100 more times than last year and Saquon on a mission to get running backs paid, those two are the picks I want at running back quarterback. Couldn't yeah, couldn't couldn't hate either of those. Uh yeah, with you. I think again, if I, I think Sake wants my three again for that reason. So yeah, totally with you with that. Uh right, you're a wide receiver. Oh, Jamal Chase. Wow. Okay. This is where we will differ a bit. I can't get on. That's board fine. That's fine. I mean, it's gonna be JJ, as this is no <laughs> no debate. But I I actually have I have Chase at four. He's my wide receiver for, um, so yeah, I yeah I I can't see any way in the world that check and it's not because of talent. I just think T Higgins is good. He will eat X amount. Irv Smith will eat X amount. Tyler Boyd eats X amount. I just can't see a pathway to where he gets to be the wide receiver one. So yeah, Jefferson for me, but uh, yeah, it's fine. I My end is Kelsey and Kelsey. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> are you not? Are you not going, Kelsey? Oh, you going to a different. T- yeah, I mean, come on, it's not even worth it. Um, I'll kick her, Justin Tucker. I mean, why would you go anywhere else? Yep, same. Carry on. Yeah, I mean, the only other person I would have is Evan McPherson. Uh, I think he's the only one that can challenge. Uh, Wait, is that because Jamal Chase is scoring all the touchdowns? Uh, well, I, I think I'm going to get a few <laughs> this year. Um, I think Joe Burrow might have something to say about that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah, so you're back to you, DST. Oh man, I I don't think I've I've only picked one DST so far this year, and I picked it in the last round. And I picked, I can tell you, who I picked because I literally just picked them. I picked, I picked oh, the Seahawks. Okay. Cute. Yeah, there was no one left. Okay. So um, is that who is that who you take? I, I, I couldn't even. Thing. I couldn't even tell you. I'm going to say Pittsburgh. I think their defense is pretty sick. They've had a top something defense. We've talked about this. I'm going yeah. on past reference. Who's the I best mean, DST? So the the best DST last year was the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots tend to always finish in the top five. Give me the Patriots. 
They're going off the board of DST6, by the way. So massive value. So hashtag uh, value. <laughs> hashtag value brand. Uh, yeah, Cowboys are officially the uh, the one, and the Dolphins are the two on ADP. Right. Uh, but you have to pay four rounds, five round premium on them. Just give no me thanks. Patriots. Yeah, just give me Patriots. It's easy. Okay, um, next question comes in from Joel, and it says, who is at Born on Fire? That's quite a good at. I like that. Why the rise in Superflex teams? I always thought fantasy sports was about putting a team together. I've looked and not one team starts two QBs at the same time. Does Joel mean about real life? Yeah. Why Why do we play two QBs in fantasy when there's not two QBs in real life? There's probably I mean, a bit. I mean, I'd go back to Joel and say we don't start two running backs in real life, but we play two running backs. Well, uh, you can start two running backs. Uh, you, yeah, I mean, you could start one I as mean, a half, uh, one as a half back, and one as a full back. I mean, if you want to go even more crazy, then you could have a look at the Army and Navy games playing Wishbone, and that could be three running backs or three quarterbacks at the same time. No one knows what's going on over there, and that's real life. There you go. <laughs> is this me. real life or is it just fantasy? Well, I think, my friend, we've found that highlight in the middle and we're doing both at exactly the same time <laughs> i mean look the reason the reason superflex is what it is is because quarterback play was boring is exactly as mark has put because there aren't 32 team leagues i mean there are they're and they're ridiculous very, they're ridiculously boring uh i've played a few don't like them it just takes all the skill out uh it becomes a luck league for me um but Yes, there's not 32 team leagues, but also, yeah, just basically outside of the top three or four guys, quarterbacks can be quite predictable, pretty boring. They don't really make an influence. And considering it's the most important position in football, Superflex is designed to make it more relevant. It's the same way that we change the scoring in tight ends to tight end premium to make tight ends more premium, more uh in line with a need to draft them because people like me would probably n- not really put any any consideration to drafting a tight end uh, anywhere up a board if there wasn't any reason to. So uh, that's why people make tweaks. That's why there's super flex leagues. That's why there's, um, you know, tight end premium. All of these are designed, which is why for me, the super flex tight end premium leagues is my favorite format because it makes all four positions relevant. Because then, then you've got a strategy. Because then you've got some people that will value the tight end. Some people value the quarterback. Some people value the running back. Some people value the wide receivers. And then all of a sudden, you've got many different paths to find. That's why, for me, that's the best format. Because it creates the most strategic outcomes. There's many different ways to build a team. Whereas in a one QB standard league, there's very few ways in which you build a team. It's running back heavy draft a QB either up high or at the back end, and then you draft with a load of wide receivers and you pick up a tight end at some point. There you go. It's now, the and the same, quarter, it's, yeah, it's the same every year. The quarterback you grab is Kirk Cousins, everybody, because he's going to make that push into a QB one this year. Yeah, he's going to break that glass season, that glass season <coughs> from 13 to 12. Let's do it, Kurt. Have that. Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for I mean, yeah, I think he was more than 12. He was QB one last year, to be fair. Hey, look. Next question is from Paul Picken. Paul says, how do you play the tight end game? Do you go early for elite? If so, who's the guy you want at cost? If you wait on them, who are you targeting as a later round pick? I suggest going back a long way into the catalogue and having a listen to the great tight end debate of 2018 or whenever it was. One of the best episodes Murph and I have ever done. It had much adulation and controversy at the same time. 
Now, um, it's Kelsey. If you we talked about this, Murph, and you feel that Kelsey is now uh, somewhat of a hindrance in drafting your team. Although, if you do want no, tight end, I just think it's harder. I don't think it's a hindrance. I just think it's harder. I'm not against <clears throat> taking him in the first round. I get the positional advantage. I just think you've got to draft like a god the rest of the way to do it. Um, I'm not against it as a play. I understand it. I've done it as a play. But you've just you've just got to draft. You've got to back yourself. You've got to draft like a god um, all the way through. Because I do think you suffer a slight hindrance in the early rounds. Um, yep. You can overcome that 100%, but you have to do that with panache and some skill. Um, my strategy, this is really, really simple. Occasionally it's Kelsey. If not, I can't be asked with the tight end position. I just, in, in no format does it ever interest me in taking a tight end because once, so for me, I've just, what I've just said about Kelsey. If you're going to take a premium tight end, so that's Andrews, Pitts, um, Kittle, Hawkinson, Hawkinson, and maybe Goddard, you're going to have to pass on a really good player to do it. Mm. And I don't, and I don't think you get you. Can, I can argue you get the value with Kelsey. I don't think you get the value with the other four, five players I've just mentioned. So. I can't take a player there. Now, funny enough, I was in the draft the other day. I got Dallas Goddard in the 10th round of a Superflex draft. I was like, thank you very much. I will have him there. That's <laughs> great value. Unbelievable value. I will take, I'm not against taking these players, just not in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. If they fall around eight round, nine round, 10, I'm interested. I'll get in. So for me, I'm jumping in at that range and I'm taking pretty much Pat Freemuth, um, Evan Ingram, it's it's Ingram first, uh, or Pat Freemuth. Occasionally, I'll dip in and take Schultz, um, but outside of those three, El Komet kind of bees a bit later for me. I kind of go Kelsey, forget everyone else, Freemuth, or uh, it's basically Freemuth or um, Evan Ingram, and then if I skip them, I'll go down and I'll chase one of. Chig, Mace just asked about Waller. I'm passing on Waller. Don't like the age. Don't like the fact he's on a new team. I'm not paying his cost. No way ever. No, thank you. So I'm I'm out of any tight end in that range, that mid, that early to mid range. Just I'm out. Unless it's Kelsey. He's the only one I'd go in for because he's the only one that gives you any significant positional advantage. I just think Waller's going to finish, what, 40 points ahead of someone like Engram at best? And you're going to get Engram five rounds later? Yeah, it's not hard for me. I'll take the positional value of what I'll draft in those rounds and take a later guy. And yeah, if I miss, I'll take Commit or I'll take Chig. Uh, if I miss those guys, I'll take Everett. I, like I just, once you get past tight end six, there's just, they're all guys. And then you're just thinking about who could break into and give you a slight positional advantage. And it's who's going to be a bit safer uh, with the touchdowns. But yeah, yeah for me, uh, you know, someone's just put here, Mark's just put only three compete for tight end one. Is, I don't even think it's that. I think it's Kelsey. Kelsey's going to have to get injured to not be the tight end one. And I just think everybody else, they, as, as he says there, it's just so little separation. You're just not going to get the points per game value out of anybody else. It just doesn't happen. Look at all the people that have jumped in on Kyle Pitts the last couple of years. They've been left floundering. I'd like to see how many championship teams there were with, with Kyle Pitts on it. You would have to have drafted like an absolute god. I just think you make hard work for yourself. The tight end position in regular games, in regular formats, just doesn't matter. That's why tight end premium leagues are so much fun because it adds the strategy. In a standard mm -hmm. PPR league, it doesn't matter. 
it just is it's an irrelevant position so i just yeah don't really give it much credence to draft one guy might draft a backup might not draft a backup it really kind of depends how i feel and then go from there if you want to be a real like like you want to fade the position completely like i have done in drafts then my favorite combo is a noah fan uh k dotten duo because i nice. think both those guys catch touchdowns this year one touchdown completely well i think they catch multiple touchdowns oh right okay. i think i think you could punt i think you, if you want to punt the entire position and literally take them in the last two or three rounds then yeah i like a fan otten combo for me nice. although the only problem is they do have the same bye week so you have to then think about who you're going to drop for a week um, <laughs> but i think outside of that they're a kind of a quite a cool duo to have um or you know an everett fan or an everett otten I think I I think Otten now with the Russell Gage injury is someone who's a big arrow up in terms of touchdowns. Don't think he's necessarily going to catch a lot of balls, like maybe forty, but I do think he'll score you six, seven touchdowns, which is relevant for weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much exactly the same, although I have found myself with a couple of Mark Andrews shares. But I don't know why. I've just thought, oh, he seems nice here, and I've picked him. But otherwise, I'm my teams are pretty much Kirk Cousins, a quarterback, and a conqueror at tight end this year. So I, I've done what I we decided we should I shouldn't have done, Murph, and I've got pretty much the same teams all over the place again because they just keep falling to me, and I just can't help but take the same people. It's a curse. It's a curse. Next question is from at th underscore fantasy underscore NFL. Their question, when data and common sense go out the window and biases kick in, which players will you always target when you know you shouldn't? And which players, if any, can you never bring yourself to draft, even at value? I, I don't mean, know if... Murph's always AJ Green. <laughs> Stop it. Look, he's even still there. If you can see that as a tiny figurine of AJ Green on my bedside thing, whatever they call that in the 70s. Um, always AJ Green. I, yeah, and then your... Um, like Spock, you're the fantasy Spock. I'm not sure data and common sense ever both go out of the window when you're drafting, right? That's never a thing. No, but he's asking like, who who would you draft for almost no matter what? Um, his com- his one was mine. He actually put in the chat art in the com- and the tweet after this. His was Robert Woods. That would be mine. Robert Woods seems to be the guy I just can't seem to ever give up because I always feel like the talent is there and he's always lands <laughs> in a situation that's relevant enough. Like he's looking at the wide receiver one on Houston. Like, yeah, I'm taking spins on Robert on Robert Woods. He's free. Like, why wouldn't you just take a spin? Um, so yeah, I think he is probably mine. Um for and then the ones I'd never draft. I mean, I don't really have a do not draft list, but if I did it it would probably be like George Kittle. I'd never draft George Kittle. I'd never draft Darren Waller anymore. Well, but I did in the past. Your um, your your draft lift is is anybody who's above value on your rankings. That's that's yeah. pretty much what it is. Yeah. So there's certain players who this year I just won't have anyone. I won't have any of Jahan Dotson. Won't be on any of my teams this year. In fact, he made it onto one team because he fell so low. I was like, yeah, go on, I'll have a spin. Um, but pretty much, Jahan Dotson uh, won't be on any of my teams. Khalil Herbert won't be on any of my teams. Uh, Jamar Gibbs in particular. So Jamar Gibbs is my guy this year, will not be on any of my teams because there's no chance I am drafting a co-wide, a co-running back in the third round or the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Not happening. See you later. 
people are just too high on him for me. So Jamar Gibbs this year is one of just, he won't be on any of my team and probably Bijan. Bijan won't be on any of my teams because I won't pay a first round draft pick for him. Fair. Mine's AJ so, Green. I'm not saying he's not working, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, AJ Green is yours. Always has been with Will be. It'll be <laughs> to the end of time. I don't think I've got anyone this year that I felt that I've had to get in my team. But again, I've got so much Kirk Cousins and so much Chig yeah. that they're almost my guys. Well, and this I've year just... I've got so much Chris Godwin because he's just, for me, a massive value. Like, I just think his value is ridiculous. Like, he's going to catch between 90 and 100 balls this year. Hmm. And he's going off at like wide receiver 30 to 35 in drafts. Like it's stupid. The yeah. value and Deontay Johnson is another one. He's ending up on a lot of my teams for very, very similar reasons. Same. I've got quite a bit of Deontay. And the guy I don't want anything is Marquise Brown. I just don't want yeah, the wide receiver for the Cardinals. And I don't want to pay the cost that he's currently at, even if it is so low for somebody of his potential. And he does pedigree. drop a lot in drafts. So like I got him in the ninth round of a draft and I was like, yeah, I'm taking him there. Because at that point, I don't care. Like, I'll take a wide receiver one, and if it doesn't work, it's a ninth round pick. I don't. Yeah. Like we talked about this last week. I don't care if it doesn't work. I'm not paying the fifth round, sixth round price on him, but I'll pay the ninth round price on him all day long. Because I think at that point, if he does three quarters of what he can do, he'll be a very return ADP. But yeah, I'm with you. That's true. That cost true. Is too expensive. Shout out to Pitsy, he just sent me a message saying, sorry for the confusing question, but you guys nailed it. So thanks nice. very much, Pitsy, appreciate it. Next question, Does this is from Stacey. Does Kenny Pickett finish as a top 15 quarterback this year? This is, that's a hard no from five. We'll move on. Next no. question. Absolutely. <laughs> there is no, the only way that Kenny Pickett finishes as a top 15 QB is if six or seven QBs get seriously injured this year. If Drew Locke does the rounds is what we're saying. <laughs> Can we just get Davis Mills to Tampa already and be done with it? And then Davis Mills will be a top 15 QB. Oh, there we go. Right. Next question is from Mason. He got greedy and asked 1, 2, 12. There's a fair few <laughs> questions in here. Um, we'll do this quick fire, Murph. Uh, who is the Giants wide receiver one? You got a coin? I'm, I'm uh, just going well, I, think it's, I think it's different. Well... What's your definition of a wide receiver one? Is who it the person finishes? Who catches, is it? Yeah, is it who finishes highest? Who catches the most balls? Who's Stacey, the first read? Stacey, you're in the chat with a zipped mouth emoji. Who's what? What defines your Giants wide receiver one? And then I'll give you an answer for oh, that. No, well, no, that wasn't his question. It was Mace's question. Mace, so zip, sorry, he's also in the chat. Mace, come to us. Stacey Who's, says uh, zip emoji was because of the Kenny Pickett comment. I'm, I imagine. Um, uh, yeah, yes. so look, if it's about who's going to be who's going to be like the wide receiver one is in the most likely to score the most points, then yeah, I'd go with Jalen Hyatt. If it was who I think is like the first read going to get the most catches, uh, I would go with Wondell Robinson if he's fit. Yeah. I'll caveat that with an asterisk if he's fit. Um, Next one. Yeah. What will Isaiah Simmons' role be in New York? For those who do not know, uh, the Cardinals traded Isaiah Simmons to the New York Giants, a former first round pick. I think he went seven overall to the Cardinals, eight, eight overall to the Cardinals. He was an absolute combine freak. Did the 40 yeah. and 4.39, 
he tested like an absolute machine. But the problem is he doesn't have a set position. So this is a good no. question for me. He was a, a safety linebacker sort of duo combo. Didn't quite know where he was playing. The Giants, uh, according to what I've seen today, have got holes at linebacker. So I'm assuming they're going to play him at linebacker to fill in those holes needed. Yeah, I can see that. I think he fills in at either... Um, I think he's either going to be the strong safety or he's going to fill in an inside linebacker, but not the mic. Um, yeah. I think you'll see him rotate. Basically, I see him being a rotational piece that will basically fit in with, for injuries. Um, I could see him playing a little bit at nickel as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's some holes in that secondary. And I think that Isaiah Simmons is going to rotate around. I don't think you're going to see him play. If I had to put a this is where he's going to play the predominant snaps. I would say strong safety, but I guess we'll see. Um, but great, great utilization pickup. He's cost nothing. He's going to be better than who you draft in the 2024 seventh round. So I, I love it for the giants. I think it's smart, but I think you're going to see him all over the field. I, I really want him to nail a position. Um, and I think for me, strong safety is where he probably will find a home. Um, yep. <clears throat> or free safety, but I don't think he's going to play free safety in New York, but we'll see. No. Uh, next one, well, not next one, but the last question is, which Washington running back would you rather oh, have? We missed, that. We missed Dak. You missed no, I didn't miss Dak. I'm, I'm doing this one first because I think we both have the same answer and it's Brian Robinson. Yeah, all day long. There we go. Uh, so, last question, I didn't miss it. Does Dak finish as a top 10 fantasy player this season? I think so. Mm, uh, I, I think he's cusp. Yeah, I go, well, I'm, I go, I'm gonna I'll say go 10. No. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm gonna say no. Um, I just think there's gonna be a slight arrow down with Kellen Moore going. I don't love the Schottenheimer, um, uh, McCarthy duo. Um, I think if he becomes a top 10 fantasy QB, it's because CD Lamb has literally pulled him there through his own talent. Because I can't see, like, see, for Dak to be a top 10 QB, CD Lamb's got to finish as a top three wide receiver. Wow. So if that happens, if CD Lamb becomes a top three wide receiver, Dak will be a top 10 QB. If CD Lamb is not a top three wide receiver, Dak will not be a top 10 QB. That's how I'm going to position that answer. That's fine by me. I'm saying 10, no higher. So he's, he's on the cusp, as Merv says. Right. David Hilton has two questions. The first of which is, is there a particular type of receiver that breaks out sooner rather than later? So within the first two years and when looking uh, breaks out sooner rather than later, when looking at rookies year to year. And if so, is it as simple as landing spot or collegiate target share, etc.? Do you want to go or do you want me to go? <sighs> I, I, I th- I'll go and then I think you can layer it with, you can finesse my yeah. attempt at answering this question. I I don't, mm, over the last few years, the type of receiver mold coming out of college has changed. Mm-hmm. So we used to see the big bodied receivers, you know, DK Metcalf came out and everyone was like, this guy is massive. And then you look at the years after and everyone's, these guys are all tiny. You look at Devonta Smith, um, who else is really small that Jamal was drafted? Chase is pretty small. He's not tiny. It's not um, tiny. JJ was Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Jalen Waddle. That was the one I was thinking of. Um, Jerry Judy's not a massive guy. CD Lamb's a bit bigger. 
and this year they're they're all tiny except Quinton Johnson, who's massive. So we've seen the the the, the shape of wide receivers change from college, and and we always say it's, well, the NFL follows college. So I think I don't know if there is an answer for the last few years to say whether there's a type of receiver because the type of receiver coming out has changed. I don't know. What do you think about well, that? Well, I would say positionally, typically the X receiver has tended to be the one that's been the most successful. You look at Chase, JJ, um, uh, Smith, um, Waddle, they're all the X, right? So like for me, that X receiver profile is the one that's more likely to break out. Um, we haven't really seen too much of a, a slot guy come in and dominate. Um, sorry, Josh Downs. <laughs> sorry, Josh Downs. Yeah, sorry, Josh Downs, Alec Pierce. Um, but having said that, um, JJ's kind of moved into that kind of hybrid slot role, what you call the, the Larry Fitzgerald slash Cooper Cup role. Um, so you could argue that he's more in a slot-ish kind of role now, but yeah, other, other than that, you're not seeing slot guys come in. So really what you're looking for is a typical or an atypical X, someone with a bit of pace. You don't have to necessarily have the blistering 40 time, but they don't have, they can't have a slow 40 time. You're not yep. seeing these guys have 460, 470, um, uh, 40 times. They don't need to be in the four twos, the four threes. In fact, we're not seeing those four two guys uh, and the low four threes dominate either. Uh, they seem to be in the four 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 five. Seem more the four fours. It's kind of like the magic number range for wide receivers at the moment. Um, landing spot irrelevant. Doesn't matter. Um, don't get deceived and think landing spot is important for wide receivers. It's not. Draft capital is more important. You're seeing these guys that uh, we just named: Waddle, Chase, JJ, um, Smith. They're all first round picks. You know, typically now these wide receivers are going a lot higher. Alave. Garrett Wilson again. There we go. X profile receivers, fast, quick, uh, not necessarily the biggest guys, but they're all going in the first round. Um, Drake London, I think, will be a big guy this year. I think you'll see him. Um, he's a slightly bigger guy. I think you'll see him do better this year. First round pick. Um, no, first round isn't a guarantee. Look at Kadarius Tony, but you're more inclined. Corey to Davis. <laughs> yeah, um, but you're you're more successful <coughs> in those first round guys. Uh, second round uh, guys, I think you're seeing, you know, DK Metcalf, you mentioned is, is one. There's a few that have been in the second round, but T Higgins, T Higgins is at the top of the second. I mean, he's the first pick of the second round. So, you know, he's almost the first round pick in his own right. But yeah, there, there's a few guys in that second round. Um, but we used to see in the pre in, in the older era, we used to see third round, fourth round guys really smash it. Chris Godwin. Um, was a third round pick. It was an absolute steal. Michael Thomas was a late pick. Tyreek Hill was like a sixth round pick. Um, Antonio Brown was a sixth round pick. I mean, like these guys. Fire up chips. Yeah, we're, we're starting to see the fact that actually the, the draft capital is really superseding and is a, an indicator on talent because we're not seeing as many of those lower round guys be truly successful, whereas they were previously. Mm. Um, so I would say that's your indicator. First round guy um, with a sort of four four ish speed, a uh, little bit either side is fine. Um, typical X role, and I think if that's how you're sort of modelling it. Uh, so yeah, I think that's the landing spot is is irrelevant because the the league changes so quickly. Um, 
it doesn't really matter. Yep, fair. And then second part of the question, how often does existing talent win out after a Ragey change? E.g., will the Texans let Pierce have a fair crack or is it inevitable he get replaced with Singletary as their guy? Also, what change has the biggest impact at player level as far as fantasy production is concerned, head coach or offensive coach? Coordinator, Um, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's a cracking question. Um, It's a butte for an hour in. So let me start with saying that Pierce was drafted by the same GM. So there is investment from the current organization in Pierce. So I I don't think this is the best example for this question because Pierce is their guy. The the coaching staff don't ultimately get get involved with player acquisitions unless they're a Bruce Arians type. Someone's been around the league a very, very long time they will have a significant say in the types of players in free agency they will go after. Sorry, I like They'll have a say, but ultimately the GM is the player who, he is his role to assemble the roster. He is judged by the quality of that roster, which is why you'll see a lot of GMs get fired before head coaches, because it's all down to whether or not the GM has done a good job in assembling a roster. Now, if it's deemed that the GM has done a good job, and the team has not done that well, the coach is getting it. If the coach has done as well as he could have done, but the roster stinks, the GM's getting it. That's typically how this goes. So the GM, Nick Casario, in this case, in the Houston Texans, he drafted Pierce. So he is invested in his outcome. So I don't think this is a great example. I think Pierce is going to be a lock for the... Um, the the I wouldn't say like the whole role, but I think he's going to get a lot of it uh, as we talked about previously. But if you had an example like let's think of a GM change recently. Who's a fairly new GM in the league? I don't think there were many GM changes last year. I'm trying to think of one. I've got nothing for this. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of a GM change this year. I'm sure there was one, but I can't think of one on the top of my head. So I'll go back an extra year. Um, maybe the Colts. I think the Colts changed GM fairly recently, did they not? Don't know. I should be the one looking this up whilst you... Uh... You look it up. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, no, no, Ballard's been there ages. That's what I'm talking about, not the Colts. Who am I thinking of a uh, recent GM change? Jets was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, Jets might be a decent example. Uh, But no, I think the Jets took both Carter and... Anyway, going back to the value of this. So in terms of if a new GM had come in, he will always go with his guys over the guys he inherits unless talent does prevail. So I can think of an example a few years ago when Atlanta changed GM um, and then obviously they started to clear house at every single position. Nick Casario did the same with the Texans. So they'd rather have their guys as opposed to guys that are held over because the talent was poor on the, the roster. Sorry, Matt. The Cardinals changed their general manager. Monty Ossenfort is now general manager and Jonathan Gannon is head coach. Obviously, okay, so, Yeah, of course, because... Um, Steve Kime, did he get? He either got promoted or he got promoted, right? 
Don't know. It doesn't say on this report I'm looking at. So in this scenario, right, with a new GM, they didn't really draft too much, did they, in terms of offense, which doesn't tell you which tells you they're in a rebuild year. Um, but they could be inclined to move on from Kyler Murray if they don't think he's the best player, but you could also see him sticking around because of his talent. Um, I would say that very much it's a case of a decision gets made by the GM talent will hold X amount. So you look at players that have held on through multiple GMs, you know, there's, there's several out there. Someone like Mike Evans, for example, he's held through how many head coaches? I think he's probably had about six head coaches and he's probably mm. had, he's had a couple of GMs as well. Um, he's an example of someone who, because of his talent will hold a roster spot until he really falls off a cliff. Certain players like Tyreek Hill won't matter. So yeah, I think you've got a certain amount of, talent will always prevail but if there's a question mark over the talent then they will always go with their guys because that's the guys that they're staking their careers on whereas they get a pass on the old guard they're like well we inherited those guys we gave them a year it didn't work we're going to move on and get somebody else so um and then the last part of that question is what's the biggest impact at player level as far as fantasy production is concerned head coach or offensive coordinator um, that determines purely on whether the head coach is a um, is an offensive-minded or defensive-minded head coach. So okay. if it's an offensive-minded uh, head coach, someone like Shane Steichen, for example, who's moved to the Colts, that to me is more significant than who he hires at offensive coordinator. Um, whereas when it's a defensive-minded head coach, so say... Um, you know, Dan Quinn, if he got another job, for example, if he became a head coach again, I'd be more interested in who the offensive coordinator is. Because in a lot of cases, the head coach, if it's an offensive-minded head coach, will determine how the offense functions. So again, you look at Bruce Arians versus, this is the best example. So Bruce Arians, right? Very offensive coach, quarterback risperer. Uh, He coaches the team to a Super Bowl, coaches the team to a playoff. The following year, where if they'd beaten the Rams, I'm convinced they would have gone all the way again. Even a really, really close game, lost it on the last play. He leaves, Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator, comes in, keeps the offensive coordinator, and the, the offense takes a massive step backwards with pretty much the same personnel. Defense. So that, that tells you that the offensive coordinator wasn't that great and the head coach was carrying him. So that tells you that a head, an offensive-minded head coach is a really important hire. So that question, it seems like a bit of a cop-out. If it's an offensive-minded head coach, that's more important than the coordinator. If it's a defensive-minded head coach, then it's the coordinator that matters. Um, To carry out that even further, you've got some amazing offensive coordinators. So people like Kellen Moore. So Kellen Moore going to the Chargers massively arrows up that offense for me. So I look at that change, even though they've stayed the same at head coach, they've got a defensive-minded head coach. They've changed offensive coordinator. They've now gone from Joe Lombardi to Kellen Moore. That offense for me gets a massive arrow up because of who they've got in playing, calling the plays. There you go. Good answer, Murph. There was one more general manager change this year, and the Tennessee Titans hired Ran Carthon. Okay. Um, yeah, I've never heard of him. No, I'd never heard of him. I'm trying to think. Uh, so they brought in Nuke Hopkins, right? So didn't like... I mean, I'm not saying they had a problem with, with Traylon Burks, but they again have brought in a talent to supersede what they've got on the roster. So that would probably give Burks a slight arrow down. Uh, or maybe they just don't see him as that alpha role. They want to put him in that 
uh, in that B role, which is kind of where he was drafted anyway, um, and then have an alpha next to him in in Hopkins. That makes sense. So can see that being the play. They haven't really drafted anyone else that I would. All they've done there is they're looking at the future quarterback with someone like Will Levis. So they brought in a guy to compete, and they're giving Ryan Tannehill his year. And if he doesn't do well, they'll move on from Ryan Tannehill. Um, but they haven't really brought on anyone else to compete on the. Oh, and Chig. Chig's oh, there now, Chig. so you know. So, um, well, no, he was brought in last year, but they they backed him. But again, he'll probably be replaced if he doesn't do well this year. There you go. Right, Rush Nation, it's time for the answers to the quiz about the studio shirts. Murph, who were the four shirts on the wall in the studio? Um, Lev Bell. Lev Bell in the Bumblebee. Yeah, correct. Bumblebee. Corey Davis, obviously, mentioned. Yeah, mentioned. Was college jersey, right? That was Corey Davis's college jersey, correct? Uh, DT. Demarius God Tom. rest your soul. God rest your soul. Broncos jersey. Broncos jersey. And then I believe the other one was Michael Thomas. Correct. The only lasting... Like, if you'd have said that, <laughs> Michael Thomas, the only jersey who's playing in the NFL but hasn't really played in the NFL over the last couple of years. It's crazy. Uh, do you know what? I just feel good I got that right because I'd have been embarrassing if I got it wrong. That was the one I wasn't overly sure about. I remember, and then I was thinking, I'm sure we had a Thomas Thomas wall. So I remember, if I remember the order behind you was Demarius Thomas was the far left. Then yep. it was Michael Thomas, and then yep. it was um, Corey Davis, and then it was Lev Bell. There we go. And if you are listening and wondering what the devil we are talking about, go back to YouTube and find one of the real early videos because you can see what we look like in the studio when this was almost a legit BBC production. <laughs> <laughs> I might post a picture on uh, on the Twitter machine or the X machine. I now I should call it. Well, there's definitely got to be. There's loads of pictures, isn't there, that we took back in yeah. back in said day. That was pretty good, Murph. Enjoyed it. Mailbag questions that we yeah. managed to nail down. Yeah, enjoyed that. Um, we'll always answer questions on the show, so drop by, yes, uh, drop by on the live stream, and we'll answer uh, as many questions as we can. We've got an incredible guest next week coming to us from buffalo new york our favorite canadian of all time justin boone is dropping by the house he is only here for 45 minutes a slightly shorter show uh next week um we've got to let him go by five to eight so um because he's got another show um but very lucky to have him this close to the start of the season so bring your questions we're going to talk a bit more strategy and get you ready for the final week of the season, the final drafts of the season. So, or final week of the preseason uh, slash final week before we get football back. Um, but yeah, can't wait to have Justin back on. We're going to start getting some more guests on uh, as we go through the season. So also reach out to me at Murph underscore NFL and tell me who you want to get on. We're going to get some guys on uh, this season. I'm looking forward to getting some of my favorites back. Um, there you have it. There you have it. Mailbag. It is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Mailbag in the bag. That's probably not the best way to say that, but hey, all done. That's it. UPS that somewhere else. Don't use Royal Mail because they... I was going to say Postman Pat. That's a niche British reference right there for anybody who's not listening. Google Postman Pat. All will be answered. Rush Nation, if you... Jess, if you want to support the podcast, head over to Patreon. <laughs> head mm-hmm. over to patreon.com forward slash five yard. You can subscribe for one a month, a li- one pound a minimum. minimum, one pound a month. You get access to the Patreon casts, uh, exclusive content, and 
uh, our co-pilot team with you and you get to join our WhatsApp group with some awesome people. Um, so yeah, lots of fun to be had. Right, indeed, shout out to those of you in the chat on the live stream tonight. Big yourselves up. It was awesome. Murph, I will see you bright and early Sunday morning, my man. But as always, Rush Nation, don't forget, keep rushing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.